0: Forget to turn that on, maybe? Yeah, okay. We have a new sermon series started last week on uh, getting past my past. Last week we talked about how we shouldn't allow labels to keep us from moving forward in our lives. And sometimes we go over those labels in our minds, and they keep us in bondage, and we forget what God has said about us. Today we want to talk about repairing relationships. Too many of us have been stuck in an emotional and spiritual bondage because of something that happened to us in the past and this whole sermon series is about the power of Christ to transform us and break us free from the past getting past my past everybody has a past if we were to open up our hearts to each other this morning, every one of us would have a tangled mess inside. It's called sin. And the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So you might think you're the only one. But, friend, if you're a sinner in a mess, you're in the right place today. The old devil would love to keep us in bondage in our past. He'd love for you to live according to your past. But the power of Christ can change all of that bondage into a great blessing. Probably one of the most difficult steps in the Christian life is forgiveness. And uh, on Sunday nights, we have this couples class, and everybody's welcome to come to this couples class. We get great uh, insights into human relationships. Bill is single, and he comes, and he's gained a lot of great insights into relationships with people. And one of the things we heard last Sunday night was that in a marriage relationship, both the husband and wife need to be professional forgivers. Y'all remember that? Professional forgivers. And in fact, if you're a child of God, you need to be a professional forgiver. Uh, and, And that's really the theme of this message today. It's about repairing relationships, primarily my relationship with God, moving forward in my relationship with God and with other people, and and I can't get past this problem of forgiveness, if I'm holding on to unforgiveness, onto a grudge, if I'm holding on to something that's hurt me in the past and I'm unwilling to let go of it, it will absolutely keep me stuck in relationships with other people and in my relationship with God. I can't go any further than that. It's like God says, you're trying to talk to me and you haven't forgiven somebody? Don't talk to me. In fact, that's exactly what he says. He says, if you're holding something against somebody, you bring a prayer to me, I'm not going to listen to it. So I really want... All of us to experience forgiveness from God and forgiveness for other people. Everybody here today has been hurt by somebody. You've been disappointed, you've been let down, you've been betrayed, you've been wronged by somebody. And So all of us have to practice this forgiveness. Here is the problem. We always want forgiveness to start over there. God, work on them. Tell them how wrong they were so they can come and beg for my forgiveness and then I'll give it to them. That's that's the problem, isn't it? But the difficulty here is God doesn't start with the other guy. He always starts right here. And let me just say this, before I could preach this message, God started with me. Hey, how about you, preacher? How about you, Pastor? Only he calls me by another name. Son. When you Google forgiveness, you'll get a couple of images. I like this. Can you see the chains over there in the corner? This is what happens when you forgive. You are actually breaking the chains behind you. When you forgive somebody else, you're doing yourself a favor. When you hang on to Bitterness and anger and frustration and you wronged me. When you hang on to that, it makes a mess of you. In fact, here's what one said. Unforgiveness is like drinking a poison and expecting somebody else to die from it. I want you to think about that for a minute. Pastor, you don't know what happened to me. I just can't forgive I, I, I totally agree. You can't do it in your own strength. But because you're a child of God and you're indwelt by the Holy Spirit and God has given you grace, you are, by the power of Christ, able to forgive others. Even the ones who don't deserve it. Is there anybody here that deserves forgiveness? You see, God gave it to us freely, didn't he? And the truth of Scripture is, because you have been forgiven, you are now morally obligated to forgive other people. We're going to talk some more about that. Here's another image that came up when I googled forgiveness. Listen to this. Forgiving others creates a channel of blessing instead of, instead of a circle of messes. You see, when you, when you forgive others, you go from a treadmill of going round and round and round and never breaking free. You go round and round and over it and over it and nothing seems to ever change because you're on a treadmill of unforgiveness. But when you break out of that, you create a channel through which God can bless you. And that's what I want to see in all of our lives. I I want to be under the blessing of God. I have been in that other place, and it's a dry and hot and discouraging land. And when you're feeling and experiencing and knowing the blessing of God on your life, There is new joy and love and relationships and things work in your life. They work. They come together because of the blessing of God. Things work. You're under the blessing of God. And we just want to break out of that rut, that cycle of unforgiveness that just keeps us going round and round and round and experiencing the same old defeats and the same old setbacks and the same old discouragements, and you just keep going over it and over it. And you think this will never change, and you're exactly right. It's not going to change until you forgive. Well, forgiveness. Let's look at a text in Ephesians chapter 4. one of the most difficult steps that we'll ever take in the Christian life. Ephesians chapter 4. I'm beginning to read in verse 29. Ephesians 4, verse 29. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. Um, Some translations, it's unwholesome. Don't allow unwholesome words, unhealthy words, condemning words to come out of your mouth. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good or necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. I want, coming from my mouth, Words that bless, encourage, heal, lift up, give hope, speak life, bring healing. That's the kind of words I want speaking from my mouth. How about you? Can you say amen? I want those kinds of words. But when I hold on to grudges and unforgiveness, I really have a tough time speaking anything properly. Because I'm so miserable and I want everybody around me to be miserable. How can you be so happy when things are so bad in my life? Next time you're around somebody like that, just smile. I know what's wrong with you. (laughs) If, if, If you smile, it'll drive them nuts. Seriously, let no unwholesome word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace, I want my words to communicate the grace of God to the hearers, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Just as a little side note here, when you hold on to unforgiveness, you will lose the awareness of your own forgiveness. You will lose assurance of your own salvation. Because you have grieved the Holy Spirit who lives in you, you've grieved Him by hanging on to that unforgiveness. You've grieved Him, and now His ministry of giving you assurance has been thwarted. So you lose the assurance. I didn't say you lose your salvation. You can't lose that. You are His and His forever. But you'll lose the assurance. You'll lose the joy. You'll lose the peace. You'll lose that sense of God's power and blessing and presence and leadership and protection and all that. You lose that. When you're holding on to unforgiveness, it just spreads. It creates a spiritual fog in your life. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Listen to this. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Every one of those things are the result of hanging on to unforgiveness. And here's the verse. Hold up. And be kind to one another. And be kind. To one another. Tenderhearted. The opposite of tenderhearted is hardhearted. Hardhearted is when you don't forgive. Tenderhearted is when you do. Be tenderhearted. Forgiving one another. Even as God in Christ forgave you. Same way you are to forgive one another. So, as we talk through this this morning and seek to understand and apply the principles of Scripture in our own lives, I've been praying for spiritual breakthroughs in people's lives. I've been praying for that and asking God's Spirit to do the work. How many of you know that you can't change anybody? How many of you know that? I I can't change my spouse. Right? I can't change them. The only person that I can participate in change is me. I'm the only one. And so where does God focus? On me. I can't change you, but I can be responsible for my own behavior. And I can be right with God. And it's amazing what happens in your spouse's life when you get right with God. It's just amazing the changes that take place. So we're talking about this forgiveness and how important it is in our spiritual lives. And I'm praying for this breakthrough for all of us today. In Ephesians, this passage we just read, we're commanded to forgive each other in the same way that God has forgiven us. That means I am to forgive that person who hurt me, who wronged me, who has offended me. I'm to forgive that person in the same way that Christ forgave me for all that I have done. How did Christ forgive me? Completely. With grace and mercy. That's how I'm to forgive other people. By the power of Christ, I am now able, with his power, with his grace, I can make the decision to completely, with grace and mercy, forgive that person who's hurt me and offended me. And there's several reasons why I would want to forgive. Why should I forgive those who've hurt me, wronged me, and offended me? I know that it's much easier just to hang on to it. It's our nature just to hang on to it. It's our nature to want to punch somebody's lights out and get even. It's our nature to do that. But that's really destructive to our lives. So why should I forgive those who hurt, wronged, or offended me? First of all, I should forgive others because God has forgiven me. Colossians 3.13 Here's what it says. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. So God's commanding us to forgive in the same way that Christ forgave me. How much of my sin did Christ forgive? All of it. How much of sin should I forgive in somebody else? all of it completely and you can't do that in your own strength you're not going to be able to you can't pump that up you're going to have to rely on the Holy Spirit within you the grace and power of God within you to do that but if you'll make the decision to do it God's power and grace will be released in your life we'd like for the power and grace of God to be there before we make the decision And God's saying, no, 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 no. You step forward. Then my power and grace will be released in your life. God wants to set us free. He wants us to experience abundant life and joy and hope for the future. He wants to bless us. And we're holding it back. When I think of how much God has forgiven me, it makes much more sense for me to forgive others. You'll never have to forgive. Please listen carefully. You will never have to forgive anyone more than God has already forgiven you. Now listen to that. You're never going to have to forgive somebody else more than you have already been forgiven. Second reason I should forgive I should forgive others because resentment just doesn't work. There's some verses going to come up on the screen, and they're from the book of Job. Job chapter 5, verse 2, to worry yourself to death with resentment would be foolish and senseless thing to do. Job eighteen four: you are only hurting yourself with your anger. Right? Drinking poison and hoping it's going to hurt somebody else. Job 21, 23 to 25, some men stay healthy till the day they die. Others have no happiness at all. They live and die with bitter hearts. You see, resentment is unreasonable, it's unhelpful, it's unhealthy, hanging on to that unforgiveness, it only allows that person to have control over you. Is that really what you want? Research has proven that resentment has disastrous consequences for us emotionally and physically. It'll drain you of emotional energy and it will harm you physically. And so, for your own sake, get rid of it. Third reason I should forgive. I should forgive because I'm going to need forgiveness in the future. Mark 11:25, 25, coming up on the screen. When you stand praying, Forgive. If you have ought against any, you've got anything against anybody, when you pray, forgive, that your Father, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. Here's the difficulty. When I pray, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive. Those who trespass against us. What I'm actually doing is I'm saying, God, I would like for you to treat my sins the same way I treat other people's sins. You're basically asking God, please don't forgive me because I'm not willing to forgive others. Mm. That's a rough, rough thing. But honestly, it just doesn't make sense that here I claim forgiveness from God, forgiveness for all of my sins, for everything I've ever done, for everything I ever will do. I claim that forgiveness through Jesus Christ, but I'm going to punch your lights out. Does that make any sense to you at all? That you would make somebody pay for their sins when Christ died for yours? Forgiveness is basically... Releasing the right to punish somebody. Listen, can I just share with you, God knows how to punish people. You and I don't. We just do it all wrong. And So you're much better off leaving that stuff in the Lord's hands. You do what He tells you to do, which is to forgive the people that have hurt you and wronged you and mistreated you and betrayed you. You forgive those people. You release that to the Lord. You release it. Say, I'm not going to let this control my life any longer. Resentment will block your ability to feel God's forgiveness in your own life. The Bible says if you can't forgive, then you can't receive forgiveness you're not going to be able to receive anything you're unwilling to give fourth I should forgive others because not to do so will grieve the Holy Spirit and hinder God's work in my own life Ephesians 430 that we read earlier do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption you continue reading those verses, the anger, wrath, clamor, evil speaking. That's what grieves the Holy Spirit. And all these sins are evidences that I have not forgiven the person who hurt, wronged, mistreated, or offended me. Secondly, if you're following along in your listening guide, how can I forgive those who have hurt, wounded, longed, or offended me? How can I do that? First of all, I need to reveal my hurt. You don't really make any progress in your life until you're honest with yourself about your feelings and about what you're struggling with. So it's important to make a list of those that have harmed you and what they did and what they said. And I'm never going to get over the resentment until I'm honest and I face what's really going on in my life. And it's amazing what happens when you actually put a pen on a piece of paper and start writing your thoughts out. It really helps bring clarity. And I think the Lord is behind that. I think if you're willing to face it, he will help you to face it. But if you keep denying it, and here's what we usually do, we just kind of push it down and you push those emotions down, I promise you, they're going to come out sideways. They always come out wrong. They come out sideways, and they come out against people that you don't want them to come out against. You start acting out, and you're acting out in a place that's just so hard. I I had a conversation this week with a young lady. She and her husband have been married less than a year, He was unfaithful to her. And I talked to her about forgiveness. Isn't it funny how I'm studying forgiveness and God brings this across my path? Not anybody in this church, so you don't even know this person. But, you know, she called one to talk, and I said, look, you're never going to have to forgive more than you've already been forgiven. I wonder where I got that. Right out of my sermon notes, right? So I said that to her. He said, but you don't understand how I hurt. I said, yes, I do. You have to forgive. You have to release that. For your own sake. Then I asked her, because we had just watched this on our video in the couples class. I asked her, I said, do you believe that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead? I said, yes, of course. I said, so you believe God can raise a dead man, but he can't heal your marriage. We had a good conversation. She went to counseling with her husband. I wish I could tell you that God just moved in and healed that. And I tell you, he's the one who wants the divorce. Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. So I had a second conversation with her. I asked her the same question. I said, you know, you can't change him. You can't do anything in his life. Only God can do that. Stop taking God's role. Let God change him. You work on your own relationship with God. Because let me tell you something. This is about his relationship with God and your relationship with God. It is not about your relationship with each other. She said, what do you mean? I said, if he was in a right relationship with God, we wouldn't be having this conversation. It's not about you and them. It's always about my relationship with God. And when you are in a right relationship with God, you will forgive other people. You know, when people listen to this message on the Internet, there are these long pauses. (laughs) They're intentional, because I want us to think about these things. Reveal my hurt. Secondly, release my offenders. Release them. How can I forgive those who hurt me? Reveal my hurt. Make that list. Release my offender how many times should I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Jesus said, not seven times, but 70 times seven. Right? How many times? 70 times seven times. That's 490 times. I know the temptation. You're saying, well, I'm at 360. That's not the point. If you've forgiven 360 times, guess what? It's part of your life. And that's the point. Jesus is saying, look, forgiveness is part of your life. You're to be a professional forgiver. And you can do that because of the power of Christ. So you don't know what's happened in my life. I'm telling you, Scripture knows... And scripture has the answer. And if you're willing to trust God and rely on the power of Christ, you too can be free and get into that channel of blessing. I so want that for you. I want that for me. Well, I've already forgiven them. Mm. I already forgave them. I did. I forgave them. And, and why are you telling me this? Because you're going to have to do it again. You're going to have to do it again. And they may not still be offending you, but you're going to still have to practice that forgiveness. You're going to have to do it again. Because the old devil will bring it up. Do you remember when... You remember that he'll poke you in the side. You remember how hurt you were. Here's how you answer it: The Lord Jesus Christ has forgiven me for all of my sins. How can I possibly not forgive this person? That's how you answer the devil. You just go right back at him with Scripture. So I want to release my offender. That's what the word forgive means. It means to release, to set free. You have to let go. You have no idea what God is waiting to do in your life if you will simply make the decision to forgive. Don't wait until they've asked for forgiveness. Do it now. Make a choice to release your offender so you can have Freedom. And next, replace the hurt with God's peace. Colossians 3.15 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. You have to focus on the peace of Christ and not getting even. God will settle all the accounts one day. He'll do it very, very well. He knows how to get that job done. He knows how to settle accounts and he'll bring people into account for their actions. He will do it if you'll turn it over to him. If you don't turn it over to him, you're going to be settling that account and you will mess your life up in the process. Turn it all over to him and ask him to give you his peace and he will. Replace the hurt with God's peace. You can choose peace because of the power of Christ that is in you. Lastly, remember that forgiveness is primarily a decision we make, not an emotion we feel. It's a choice. It's a decision. And here's what I encourage people to do. You know, I I say, look, you may not feel forgiveness right now. But if you'll make the decision to forgive, the appropriate feelings will follow. Because here's the principle of Scripture. Emotions will always follow decisions. If you make a choice and you say, God, I don't feel the forgiveness today, but in obedience to you, and because I know it's what's best for me, and because you commanded it, and because you have the power of Christ upon my life, and because I need your grace and I want to experience your forgiveness, because of all of that, I choose forgiveness. And I forgive this person. And then watch what God does in your life because you've been obedient to Him. As He releases blessing and peace, He restores in your life. He works in your life to accomplish His will. Watch what He does when you take the step of making a decision to forgive. The person's abandoned you betrayed you, wronged you. What good does it do for you to hang on to that? It's absolutely worthless. You know what it's like? It's like saying, that cancer tumor is mine, and I'm hanging on to it. Don't take it out of me. Let it stay there. It's mine. I grew it. It's mine. Nobody's going to deprive me of it. That's what it's like, friend. It's like having an aggressive cancer that you don't want taken out because it's in your body. Now, does that make any sense at all? Of course it doesn't. So take that unforgiveness because it's an aggressive cancer to you spiritually and emotionally and physically. Just take it and give it to the Lord. Make a decision to forgive. You can do that by faith. You say, well, how... I just don't feel right doing something that doesn't feel emotionally like I'm being honest. Can I just share with you, you do that every single day. You ever changed a baby's diaper? Of course you have. And you did it because, oh, goody, I get to change a diaper. Right? Emotionally, you didn't want to do that. You did it anyway. Why? because it's what was needed. And you do that same kind of thing all the time. You do not have to have emotional goodies in order to make right decisions. I'm preaching to myself, friends. I'm really... I'm, I'm being honest. I'm preaching to myself. And I'm talking to you about these things. I don't have to have those emotions in order to choose to do what's right, what's going to ultimately be a source of blessing in my life. Whom do I need to forgive? After you make a list, ask God, is there anybody else? It's a matter of obedience to God. It's a choice you make. And because the Holy Spirit lives in you, you can make that choice. Who do you need to forgive? Say, Lord, is there anybody else? And I'm going to give you a list. You ready? Parents, grandparents, brothers, sisters, family members who may have failed you, teachers, employers, Others in authority who may have neglected, abused, or mistreated you. Friends who have abandoned you, disappointed you, betrayed you, or hurt you in some way. Pastors, elders, deacons, other church leaders who may have treated you wrongly or made you feel devalued. Yes, they all need to be forgiven. And probably while you're listening to this, God's just brought somebody to mind. So you want to focus on doing the will of God today. Say, I can't possibly do this. Yes, you can. By the grace of God, you can focus on doing the will of God today. You can make a decision. This is a starting place. I'm going to start here today. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. I'm going to forgive this person, if for nobody else, for myself. I'm going to forgive them. Tell God of your desire for a fresh start. He's an amazing God. He's willing to help you to take those steps of forgiveness. He'll help you if you get started with it. You'll make the decision. Tell Him of your desire. Ask Him to help you to move into the freedom that He purchased for you at Christ's cross. And if you need help with this, and if you're really struggling Call a trusted friend, a a Christian counselor. Call a pastor and say, you know, I'm struggling and I need help and I need guidance. And I'm telling you, people will be happy to pray with you and to support you as you walk through that very difficult time. If you're going to grow in the Lord, you're going to have a strong relationship with Him, then you have to forgive those who've wronged you just as Christ forgave you. I really believe the story of Judas in the Bible is there for us. I think Jesus washed the feet of the person he knew would betray him. And I think he set an example for us. If you're going to walk with Christ, You will have a Judas. And you will have to forgive. Jesus. Even while he was being nailed to the cross. Said father. Forgive them. For they don't know what they're doing. It's a decision. We can make that decision together to forgive, to move forward. Our church will only be as strong as our ability to forgive those who've wronged us, mistreated us, hurt us, or offended us. Let's continue to be a place where God's forgiveness flows. Amen? When, when people walk in the doors of this church, I want them to just be knocked down by the forgiveness of God. And then I want them to be flooded with the love of God. And then I want them to be gripped with the grace of God. And then I want them to just be filled with the Spirit of God. I want people to get a hold of the Lord and let Him get a hold of them. You know, when when people walk in here, this ought to be a place where the mercy of God just flows where we don't care what you've been through, you're welcome here. And we want you to have an experience of God's love, acceptance, and forgiveness. And we want you to grow in your relationship with Him. We want you to know what a wonderful God we serve. Amen. And if we're all sitting around sour and bitter because of something that happened in the past, then our guests are going to come in and say, boy, is that a sour place. You know, people sometimes come to church looking like they've been sucking on a lemon. Just bitter in their face, you know. And they're so angry about stuff that's happened to them. Everybody's had stuff happen to them. if you're going to get past that, it'll be the grace of God. And you can make that choice and you can put your trust in Him because He's a good and a kind and a loving and a forgiving Father. And that's the one we want this community to know about. Would you pray with me?